0: Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 12 and 16 to 20. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there... Your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God is come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me, but whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. I heard there may have been a little pop at the beginning of the service, is that right? Susan and I were having a nice little chat upstairs and she said, your mic is off, and I said, oh, I better just check. That's what it was. So my apologies for that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My little secrets. (laughs) David knew because he gave me that look as I came back downstairs. (laughs) Anyway, good morning, uh, it is great to be with you and to, to have the opportunity to speak this morning on a weekend that is Missions Fest, um, and uh, we've taken a break from our series uh, "Credo, Credo, and, uh, and uh, have an opportunity to really focus in on, on this question of, of mission, and uh, I'm thrilled that we have afterwards a lunch and there's an opportunity to be able to hear and have a, a, an in-depth discussion, a Q&A with different... Uh, people that are here. We've had an opportunity over the last few weeks. We're running, over the last few months, missions explored on Saturday mornings, uh, gathering groups of people with um, Neil and Lucy, and about 25 to 30 of us are gathering regularly and, and exploring what this is as a church. It's very much a part of who we are. It's our, it's our DNA. It's actually where we came out of. At the heart of this church was a, was a call to mission, to go a group of people that was set, felt sent to this community to be able to love and serve uh, this neighbourhood, and that's that's what we're doing here today. It's, um, I'm thrilled. That picture up there, actually, with the the youth are going to have their first meeting this afternoon to talk about their missions or their trip, their missions trip um, to Fresno in March. That that heart, that's actually Fresno, uh, the, the the streets of, of Fresno, the nine by however many blocks that we would we all know. Um, where Joe and Heidi are living and loving and, and serving. Uh, if you look at our budget as a church, something like 170,000, the missions team is like something like 170,000 of our 800-something thousand budget uh, is on missions. And that's just, that's just that part of the mission, right? That doesn't include the other missions uh, activity that is going on in and through the ministries of this church here uh, in other ways, uh, whether that's through Alpha or or uh, the other different initiatives of the different ministries for, to women and, and to men, to young people. It's actually one of the reasons why I was really keen and interested in this church. All the years back when uh, receiving an invitation, would you consider uh, Granville Chapel, and it was to look at a church that's heart is to go, is to love and to serve. That was, that was a big thing for me, and it remains to be so. It was actually right from the very beginning of my coming to faith journey. It was this, I remember the song, Here Am I, Send Me, Lord. You know, you remember that one? I won't sing it then. But it's, it's that, Here Am I, Send Me, Lord, the Isaiah 6 text. And, and very soon after coming to faith, I received what I believe was a call from the Lord that then took me to Brazil where I spent the best part of 10 years uh, serving uh, the church and, and different ministries uh, there. So this, this conversation about missions is very much at my heart. Uh, I could talk about this all day. So get yourselves a coffee and uh, sit comfortably because we could be... No, I, won't, I don't want sp- to press on too long about this because I, I I'm excited about what we're going to hear after lunch as well. But I do want us to think about the heart of mission. And actually, I want to come at it from a, a slightly different way because... Often we think about, and I would have an inclination to say, guys, this is our opportunity, and I see them all the time, actually. You know, in the city, I'm excited by the opportunities I think that we have to go and to serve and to love. And so that's, you know, we have these wonderful partnerships and collaborative initiatives that we have with other organizations in the city and, and around Canada and throughout the world. So I... I, I, I see it everywhere, and, and I get excited by it. And I know that there are many of us that also see that. And so, you know, you, we'll come down and sit, and, and we'll, before, we, before we finish the conversation, we've seen another opportunity, and we like, let's go, let's go do it and, and take this on. So why is that? Why is it such an important thing? Why does it fill me with so much joy and excitement? What, what's the, it's because it's at the heart of Jesus, right? What's Jesus' heart for mission? The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's why he came, to seek and to save the lost. That's we're, we're his body, we're his church, we're his bride. And to reflect him, we are here to seek and to save the lost. Jesus, in, uh, in John 8, we read where Jesus said to the disciples, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I'm here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Jesus was the sent one came to seek and to save the lost. And we read about these opportunities where Jesus is sending out the disciples in other, in other stories, in other parts uh, throughout the New Testament, uh, in the Gospels of, uh, actually a little bit earlier, just in Luke 9, um, where Jesus sends out the 12 apostles, the apostles, the sent ones, to proclaim, to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal To do what you see the Father doing. That's what Jesus does. I only do what I see the Father doing. And so Jesus sends his disciples into the world as he himself has been sent by the Father. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, Jesus says in his prayer to his Father. So why is mission such an important piece of why we talk? Why is it the heartbeat of Granville Chapel? It's because we want to be all about Jesus. And so as a church, we want to reflect him. Our heart wants to beat to the same beat as his. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so Jesus had sent out the 12 in Luke 9, and now he sends out the 72 or the 70. And there are different manuscripts. That, that some have 70, some have 72. Scholars can't agree with it, 70, 72. They're about half and half split. It doesn't really matter, actually. So I don't want to spend too much time on that one. There's, there's those who would say, well, it's the 70 because we're going back to, you know, in Exodus where uh, he said to Moses, come up to the Lord, you and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel and worship from afar. And there are other references, like in Numbers, the Lord said to Moses, gather me 70 men from the elders. So there's all this symbolism, right? This is, what it, this is kind of what it refers to. Doesn't, or maybe then one of the scribes, one of the copiers made a mistake. That makes me chuckle. You know, was he distracted? Did the phone go? 72? Oh, whoops. You know, anyway, but the 70, 72, the point is, actually the real point is that Jesus sends them, right, and that we too are sent. Jesus, whether it's 70, 72, it's irrelevant, what's important are the instructions, and that Jesus gave them uh, the power uh, to go, and that when they go, they would perform miracles and cast out demons. And Jesus spoke of this great need uh, for evangelism, in, in, in the first verses of, of Luke 10, after the, he appointed the 72, he sent them on ahead of him, two by two, go and encourage one another, be with one another, go to every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Now, there were lots of Jewish leaders, but they weren't laborers, as they gathered to their own interest. Jesus is saying, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so he commissioned the 72, and he gave them some clear instructions. Go. right? This is foundational. Go. Divide yourselves up into pairs and go. Be careful. Be focused. Extend your blessings. like it's what Edith uh, said at the beginning, right? To love God, be loved by God, and then love uh, as we have been loved. To be content, Luke 10, 7. Don't seek better accommodations when you show up. Like, when you're there, be content. Don't do all the... And there's an urgency to Jesus' instruction, right? Go, go, go. Don't, don't do all of the, you know, when you meet greet them, get on with it. Forget all the pleasantries. Just, just get on with it. Be content. Receive your due. Be flexible. Heal the sick. And proclaim the kingdom. The kingdom of God has come near to you. The king is coming. So this, this is very similar commissioning to what we'd seen just, in, uh, just a little bit earlier when Jesus sends out the 12. The only main difference really is that where Jesus he sends them all out to, to cure de- uh, diseases, cast out demons, the difference really between the Luke 9 account and this account is that Jesus sent out the 12 and they were to preach in Galilee, avoiding Gentile areas um, and Samaria. But the 70 or the 72 were given no such instructions. All restrictions have been lifted. Go everywhere, everywhere. Everybody needs to hear this, and so they go. There's no deliberation. There's no. We don't get any kind of back and forth about what about you know the bus. They go, and then they return. We read in Sir 17 that they return and they return euphoric. The seventy-two returned with joy, saying, "Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name." They're not taking this on themselves. Or, look at what we've done. They said, "Lord, this is. Look at what you've done. When we use your and when we go in your name, even the demons subject to us." And Jesus replies. He's excited by their response. He's excited by what he's seen, and he said, "Yeah, I saw Satan fall like fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I've given you authority." So. I'm so excited about what you've seen. And what Jesus is seeing is when with Satan falling from heaven is when Satan falls from the throne of people's hearts. It's like Satan falling from heaven. It's, it's as, we, as we proclaim the kingdom, as people surrender their lives to Jesus, so Satan falls from the thrones of their hearts. Jesus is like, I was with you. I was walking with you. I saw it. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this. This is awesome, guys, but there's something even better that I want you to really focus on. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's it, right? That's the joy. Don't lose sight of that. In everything that you do, in all the places that you might go, don't ever forget and don't ever lose the joy, the knowledge that your names are written in heaven. It's interesting that they come back. there. I mean, they've had a busy time. Some of would have been rejected. Some of them would have been abused. Some of them might have been beaten up. But they don't come back saying, oh, so tired. Oh, give us a minute. Just need a bit of space. They were they they were they were overjoyed, they weren't complaining. One bloke. They were overjoyed. Joy is the tone of their response. Joy is and Jesus celebrates with them. He 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 shares their joy, but he he rejoices in the victory from the interest that he has in the souls of men. Satan falls from heaven when he falls from the throne of our hearts. That's why Jesus came. And that's what brings him joy as he sees his church, as he sees his uh, children, as we go out in his name. Read it in Acts 26. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God. Jesus' interest in, in the souls, in our souls, in our wellness, in our relationship with him. And he rejoices when he sees Satan fall from the thrones of our heart. And and Jesus said, You know, as you take ground, this is what he's saying, as you take ground, Satan loses ground. As you go in my name, you're advancing the kingdom. It's a positive posture. We're not not battling, fighting back, although it might feel like it. We are advancing. We're advancing. So Jesus repeated, this is awesome, this is so good. He, 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 he kind of qualified, yes, and and, I'm going to give you even more. But even greater than your joy in the success of your mission, Jesus says, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And this is really where I want to land today. Because it's, you know, we can, you can be, we can be at missions fest and we can see these things and we can, and we, and we can, and we can all get excited about going. And I... I said to you, you know, from when I came to faith, I've gone and gone and we've gone and I see the opportunities all of the time. But more important than anything, I think that the Jesus would say to us this morning, more than what you do for me, it's who you are to me. More than what you do for me, it's who you are to me. Right, let that sink in. Because we can go and go and go and go and do and do and do. But we've got to let that truth sink in that our names are written in heaven. The joy of knowing Jesus and the freedom that is ours through what he has done for us on the cross. More than what you do for me, who you are to me. As believers through grace, we're entitled to the inheritance of sons. Uh, and some of you think, well, I'm a woman. But the, the inheritance of sons, it carries more. In the language and the understanding, sonship, first son, you get the lot. The car, the house, the yachts, the holiday, it's all in. Right? So Jesus said that very special stuff for the firstborn, for the sons, it's for all of you now, right? We, through Jesus, by grace, receive that inheritance we have received the adoption into that word again sonship the spirit of adoption we're part of his family and this is the matter of joy that jesus says don't lose sight of that and i think that's such an important message today because we have we're such a performance related we're such a performance culture and society aren't we I mean, we do. We want our our performance indicators. That's right. That's good. We want to see our returns on investment. That's right and that's good. But we can kind of bring that into our whole spiritual life and our relationship with God. Of what I need to do and somehow I can earn this or somehow, you know, to show God how grateful. It is a response, but we don't. But it all starts, it all flows, that cycle of grace that starts with accepting and receiving what Jesus has done for us and who we are to him. And so, yes, Jesus' heart, for mission. But I think the other question that I want us to ask them this morning is about our heart. Like, what's, the state, what's the state of my heart? You know, as a church, we talk about, you know, what do we, we want to be spiritually vibrant, we want to be transformed. If being transformed was achieved through going and doing, we could be the most transformed people in this city or even in the country. Because as a church, we are faithful. We do, we go, we send. We we like we're. It's good. And Jesus delights in it. Okay, it rejoices in it. Rejoices in it. But it doesn't necessarily. It doesn't mean the same as transforming. It's different things. How do I know this? Because I know this. I know this. Silly example, driving in Canada to a roundabout. As a British person who does roundabouts, I I wonder. (laughs) So my son is now learning. So I said, Tiago, tell me finally, please. Why is it? Why are these people? Like, where? It tell me the instruction and in the thing about roundabouts, because everybody is getting it wrong. So he looked up so the other day. He came and said, "Oh yeah, Dad, it's uh, it's this." Oh, is it? So a few of my less than gracious moments at roundabouts as people have come in in front of me, and I'm thinking, "It's my right of way." I've shout, I've said thought. <laughs> so then I asked Tiago, and turns out so what does that mean you're all wrong you're, you've all been getting it wrong I thought, it, I thought it was, no you're all wrong it's written wrong in your book it's written wrong in your book no right silly example but something comes out of me when I'm driving and I can't tell you about the other stuff but you know I, I'm just aware acutely aware of oh lord how much more work you have to do in me. And it's not going to be died by doing more. And it's not going to be by going more. I, I, I remember, it's funny, I was thinking, I love 24-7 prayer. Love it, the opportunity to go in and to pause. And when Aaron was here the other week and he spoke, there was a, you know, I think we all just breathe deep. That week for me is just like being in, just breathing deep. It's beautiful. Right. So we have a week, if you, if you weren't here and you missed it, there's a week that we dedicate just to people sign up. And we're praying as this whole church, every day, every hour, for 24 hours, for seven days. And in there, there's a book, and people write things, and there's art that's put out, and there's opportunities to reflect. And I have my own prayer journal that I write stuff in. And, and I actually found something that I'd written a few, you know, the year before. Because actually, I came into the prayer room this time feeling pretty beaten up a little bit tipped with God, right? Because there were things, I'm thinking, oh, come on, Lord, like this. What about this? You know, I'm still praying about this, and what about that? And, oh, you know, like stroppy little kid. Honestly, you've had some good ones, right? Me in the car, blowing the sound, and now this. But, and then I went back and I read through what were the things I was praying about, and I thought, oh, no, you!" but you have. Like, I see how you've answered those prayers. Maybe not in the way that I was hoping or not the way that I'd envisioned, but oh, yeah, you have. Because sometimes when you're waiting, you think, e-, you're like, e-. and yet God reminded me again, you know, I see you, I know you, I love you. And don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that about the other stuff. Don't measure it by, by this or by that. Just know that, that you're mine and I delight. Like, that's His word. To us, but you know, it had been a just. There are seasons, right? We have we have seasons, and we go through. Maybe there's been a year that you've 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 had a year, and it's just been tough, and it's been one thing. It's like, and you're just longing to get beyond it. So you think, well, you know, I've got to pray more. I read my Bible more. Maybe I'll join another community group add a bit more to my diet, you know, what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll join the FMT or something, fill the chairs. I don't know. Uh, get- <laughs> Andrea's saying, please. I mean, we think about, even this weekend, as we think about mission of what we might do and where we might go, what we might say, but, but first things first, and the way that Jesus sends out you know, in this page, like the or this chapter seventy-two, like you're going everywhere, unrestricted. So, so here Jesus would say to you, "I want unrestricted access to your heart, like everywhere, like everywhere." Because there is so much that we can do, but sometimes it feels like, and this is gonna here. I normally give you a running metaphor, right? But we have some birders here, so I'm going to join the birders for this one, but they might be offended because sometimes. It feels like we're throwing dead birds in the air. Sorry. Like, Because what I mean is, if you're wondering, is that we can read the Bible every day and we can pray, we can be a part of a group, we can have friends that are going to make us accountable to one another who will speak the truth to us in love on a regular basis, and we can have all of the appearance of life and vitality, but we will never fly if we're not being constantly renewed by the power of God's Spirit. Imagine, so, so picture, picture this if you can then. Because, I can't find it. Because, uh, if you, imagine you're walking along and the street, and there's birds are flying overhead, and one of them, again, apologies, just drops to the floor and dies. Just drops dead. It would. And, 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 you, and as you come up to the little bird, you pick it up, and you hold it, and you can still feel its warm, soft little body, lifeless and limp. I'm sorry. I'm really pressing this for the birdies. <laughs> and you stretch out his little wings and little beak. But it's... And then you think, fly. Like it, it, still ha- it still feels warm. It has its its wings, it has a beak, it's covered in feathers. There is nothing actually about this bird that would distinguish it from those that are still flying. Outwardly, it has the appearance of an otherwise healthy bird. And we can live like that. We can have an outward appearance that life is good, that we are warm, that we are hot, that we we are ready to fly and take the world, and yet inside we are dead. And if we're not constantly being renewed by the infilling of God's spirit, it's like throwing dead birds into the air. Because we can have all of the right equipment. We can have our prayer. We can have our devotions. We can read through the Bible in a year. We can have our accountability. We can have our DNA groups. We can have all of this. But if we are not being renewed by the spirit of God, then we don't return from our missions trips full of joy. We come back jaded. We come back weary. And it's more duty than delight. Because the life is not in the feathers. It's not in the wings. It's not in the little beak. The life is in the spirit that God gives us. And without the spirit, the bird will not fly. We can have, we can put in, and we need to put in all those right things to live a healthy and victorious and vibrant life before the Lord. But if we do not seek to be clothed, to be filled, to be renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're lifeless and we will not fly. And God sends, as the same way that Jesus sends, and it's the Spirit that sends us into the world to proclaim the good news, the kingdom uh, of heaven is near. So that same Spirit goes, is sent to the far-flung reaches of our hearts, and God doesn't give up because he sees all of it, and he wants to go deeper and further into our hearts and claim all of those thrones that we've still surrendered elsewhere. And Jesus, I want it all. I want it all. God sends his spirit to each of us. We read in Romans, Paul says, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Indeed, basically did my message in a a sentence, right? God's spirit has been poured into, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Later on, Paul writes in Galatians 4, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. God's Spirit sends us into the world to seek and to save the lost. That same Spirit is sent to the far-flung reaches of our hearts because God sees our lostness yet. So what is the heart of the mission? Do we have a heart for mission? Do we want to to experience that that renewing and, and to know that joy? It comes from a place of surrender, an invitation to receive more of God's spirit. Because we read in Isaiah that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. How do we do this? Well, for me, I love the, I love the text that Jesus writes that we, that we have in Matthew 7. What Jesus said, It will be give, ask, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find, knock and it will be opened. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks will find. And the one who knocks, it will be open to you. And God only gives good things to his children. And how much more will the Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And so as we think about missions this Sunday, it was quite an effort for me not to talk about going and signing up and doing more. But I know that before we can do any of that, we've got to invite and allow God to send His Spirit deep into our hearts. And sometimes that means it's a posture of waiting, as Jesus sent His disciples and wait and receive and go. Let's pray as Shayla comes to lead us in communion. Father, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for the grace that is ours, for your spirit that fills us to overflowing. And we pray, Lord, this morning, more of you. And as we meet now over this communion table, Lord, may your spirit examine our hearts. And may you have your way with us. In Jesus' name.